0: Hi, friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone, and welcome To Bridgewater Church. Isn't it exciting to realize that there's hundreds of us that gather on Sunday morning and we are united together. I know you may only have a couple of people in your living room, but there's so many more of us that are a part of this wonderful ministry. And I'm excited because we are in week four of our series, Be Transformed. It's all based off of our mission here at Bridgewater Church. So, let's do it again. Let's say it together. Bridgewater Church is called to lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. As we seek God, share the story, serve the world, and ask God to send the people. Now, I don't expect you to remember all of that, but what about paring this down to six words? Be transformed, seek, share, serve, and send. That's what Bridgewater Church is about. And this morning I have the wonderful opportunity of talking about what it means to serve. I know there's a lot of ways that we can help each other, and there are many people that are very giving, but I'm talking today about what it means to serve because Jesus Christ came, poured out his love for us, and... He taught us that we are to be servant leaders. That's why Albert Schweitzer wrote something that really has been uh, digging deep into my mind and into my heart. Schweitzer said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I do know, the only people among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. Do you you understand what it means to serve? Are you a faithful servant where God has given you so much, you can't wait to give it away? That's why the story that we're going to talk about today is life-changing. It is transformational. We're going to talk about a story that you would know possibly as the Good Samaritan. But before we dig in, I want you to just get the back story as Jesus is asked a question by a young attorney, an expert in the law. So let's begin in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now, in just a minute, we're going to understand what it means to serve. And the parable, the story that Jesus is about to tell, will help us discover three bold decisions that we all need to embrace if we're going to serve in a way that pleases God. But I don't want you to miss what happened. Did you really hear how this all unfolded? There's a crowd of people and a young person, a young expert in the law. We would call them an attorney. He looks at Jesus and he says, how do I inherit eternal life? I think it's genuine, don't you? I think the question's genuine. He's he's wanting to better understand because he has heard so much about Jesus. Now he's literally heard Jesus talk and teach. So it's time for Q&A. And the young man goes, how do I inherit eternal life? Uh, I did this with my kids. I don't know if you've ever done this before with your family, but when my children would ask me a question, sometimes I would answer a question with a question. Yeah, it was a little frustrating, but it's a good way to learn. And uh, Jesus is just so uh, beautiful in his communication. He, He really knows how to help someone understand truth. And he wants this young man to, to get it. And he looks at the young guy and he goes, well, how do you read it? How, how, how do you see it? He's an expert in the law. He's read scripture. He's, he's, we would call him a theologian even. And this expert says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. Beautiful. Wouldn't you love to hear Jesus say, you got it right. Isn't that awesome? Jesus goes, ding, ding, ding. You got that answer right. Double jeopardy is good. But the young man, we're told, puffed up his chest and he wanted to justify himself. So now, I don't know how you are hearing the scripture, but I think there's a little bit of a tone. I think the young man ask this way well who is my neighbor because he said the full law is to love the lord your god but didn't to love your neighbor as yourself so jesus who is my neighbor it opens the door to this incredible story and now i want to show you three bold decisions that are probably as surprising to us as they are to this young man in the story Because these three bold decisions aren't optional. They're requirements if we're going to serve in a way that pleases God. Let's continue the story in Luke 10, verse 30 through 33, and I'm going to give you the first uh, bold choice that we need to make. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Here's bold decision number one. If we're gonna be transformed, we have to understand that serving begins with attitude. Before you ever serve someone else or make that choice to help someone else, it's our attitude that matters most. Jesus tells a story and it's it's simplistic, but it's life-changing. He says basically there's three men, but he starts with two Jewish men. One is a priest. The other, a Levite. A Levite would have been someone who assisted in worship at the temple. And as they pass by on the Jericho Road, which was well known for robbers and thieves, they see a man who is basically stripped naked, he's been beaten, and he's dying. Jesus said, these two men pass by. They they just leave him. I like the backstory how there are some scholars who would try to debate that the reason that the two men could not help the injured victim was because they were on their way to temple. Jewish law and this young attorney would have understood this. You can't touch someone who's unclean. I know it's it's odd. It's it, it doesn't seem right for us, but uh, the reality is. That's not what was happening in the story, because if you read it carefully, they're not walking to Jerusalem, they're walking away. They've already worshiped, they've already been to temple. Now, they should actually be living out the ministry of God and helping others. So these two Jewish men pass by. But Jesus then looks at the crowd, and I often wonder, did he look directly at the expert in the law? Did he give him a Jesus look and say, but a Samaritan. A Samaritan stopped and helped this man, more than likely Jewish man, laying beside the road. Come on, just just take a pause button here for a minute. Go back to the woman at the well. We talked about her for a couple of weeks. She was a Samaritan, remember? They were despised. Nobody had any time for Samaritans, especially if you were a proper Jew. I, I think right now, the expert in the law, this young person, his mind is blowing up. He's thinking, now, now wait, Jesus. I, I'm surprised he doesn't interrupt him. Uh, but he's thinking, wait, Jesus, uh, the victim should be the Samaritan. He deserved it. And it was a Jewish person that helped him. That's, that's what's going on in this, in this expert's mind. But it's just the very opposite. It's the opposite. And as soon as the Samaritans saw the man, there's a phrase Jesus used. He took pity on him. It means to have deep compassion. When was the last time that you had deep compassion on someone that wasn't like you? Someone that was very different from you. Someone that you would have crossed the street not to walk by in OTR. See, that's really what we're talking about here this morning. We're talking about attitude. To the expert in the law, as well as to any proper Jew, there was no such thing as a good Samaritan. There was no such thing as... A Samaritan who would have the kind of compassion and love that he would pour it out on a Jewish person. But what really bothered a Jew? What's bothering this young man is to realize that Jesus knows his heart. God knows our heart, and he knows when we don't really want to serve. And it's not because we can't. It's all about our attitude. When I first went to uh, the church in Pennsylvania that I pastored uh, for many years before I had the privilege of coming here to Ohio, I can remember the first time that I was at the church. It was small, few people. We had had a little dinner down in the fellowship hall of the church. And at the end of the dinner, I began to put tables away and chairs away. It was just automatic for me. I'd been around church and set up and break down all of my life and it's just one of those things where you get involved but what blew me away was when a woman who had been at the church for many many years came over to me and she said pastor I'm I'm confused could I ask you a question and I said yeah sure now remember I'm just a young uh, 20 something year old myself and she goes I don't understand why you're helping with the tables and chairs and I I looked at her and I I said am I doing something wrong she goes, I've never seen a pastor help put tables and chairs away. And I looked at her and I said, I don't know if our relationship is going to work out, and by the way, it did for 21 years. But I said, serving begins when you make the choice to be a part of something that is greater than yourself. And that even applies to tables and chairs. Do you understand that? Do you realize that today? It was Paul who said to the Philippians, he said, have this attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the of all the divine attributes the entire nature of deity did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it but listen he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bond servant. And being made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. After he was found in terms of his own outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, He humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. I love the amplified version. That's why it may seem longer to you as I read it, but don't miss basically down, just nitty gritty. Here's what it says. Have the attitude of Jesus who was a servant. And if Jesus is a servant, we must serve as Jesus serves us. That's what Jesus was teaching. He was helping them understand that first and foremost, this is a bold decision. If we're going to be transformed and serve, it begins with attitude. Let's look at Luke 10, 34 through 35, and let's let's see what happens next in this story Luke 10 34 through 35 so and, and, and before I read this just remember that we're at a moment where Jesus is going to uh, hone in on what it means to literally be a servant. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense you may have. Here's the second bold decision. Serving requires action. Now, can I just get honest? If you don't get the first one, you're not gonna get the second one. If you don't have the right attitude, you're not going to act in a way that pleases God. And I need to confess and tell you, we've all been there, done that. There are times where God has said to us, you need to do something, but our attitude wasn't right. So we didn't act in a way that was pleasing to God. And that's why Jesus went on and honed in on the details of the story. He could have stopped already. Right here he could have stopped. And the young man would have already been shocked. But he goes on to say, here's what the Samaritan did. He didn't just stop and say, hey, are you okay? I hope it turns out well for you. The Samaritan actually took pity on him and had compassion. And then what does he do? He bandages him. Now I know this is going to sound weird, but do you realize what happened? He touched him. He touched him. You know, I, I, I there weren't any gloves. There, there's no uh, you know mask. There, he he literally he touches him and he's bleeding. He he wipes the blood. He bandages him, and he probably puts on some kind of clothing because he's stripped either naked or almost naked. He doesn't have a single thing, and he's out of it. And then, you know, I, I, I just love how the Greek says this. It may not be a big deal to you, but it is to me. In the Greek, it literally says, then he put him on his donkey, and this is how it's, it's worded. He let him ride on his ride. He let him ride. You, would you let just anybody in your car? Would you bring a bloody, beaten person into your car? You see, when I look at this story, I realize something. That serving requires action. This meant that the Samaritan had to delay his trip. He had to make room for the injured man. He had to go out of his way to find an inn because there wasn't a Holiday Inn Express or a Hampton Inn hanging out somewhere close. And he had to truly decide to act in a way that was pleasing to God. I want to give you three words that will help you remember what it means to act. Remember, we talked attitude, but now this is the second bold decision. Serving requires action, and there's three things that the Samaritan does. He accommodates. A is for accommodation. He accommodates the man based on the man's needs, not based on his, not based on his schedule. He accommodates. By the way, this is the reason that a lot of times we don't help other people. Is because we don't want to change our schedule we don't want to get out of sync we've got our calendars full but we have to accommodate then he cares that's the C whatever it is in the moment sometimes your serving is brief sometimes it's just being an encourager in a moment you text you call that's caring but sometimes caring like the Good Samaritan it's gonna take more time so that people Later on are going to say, well, hey, Pastor Liz, where were you? I had to stop. I had to care for Well, you know you're like A lot of people aren't going to understand when you've accommodated and cared for someone because you've had a transformational attitude that resulted in transformational action. And then, this is the big one. Are you ready? You have to tend the person. Now, we use this word at our house. We tend one another. It goes beyond caring. It actually includes our resources. In fact, I know you don't use the word often, but have you heard of the word tender? Tender can mean caring and loving, but I can also tender my money. I can tender or give a payment. Did you see what the the Good Samaritan did here? The Good Samaritan found an inn, looked at the innkeeper and said, he's settled, he's stable, he's okay. He didn't just dump him off. He said, and I have to go do business, but look at this commitment of action to accommodate, to care, and to tend. I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you more money. I'm going to settle the bill. No matter what the issue is, I am going to take care of this man. Why? Why? It's not a relative. It's not a friend. This is a stranger, and he's a Samaritan caring for a Jew. Listen, if we're going to be transformational, we've got to get out of our comfort zones and stop just thinking about ourselves. I was watching Doctor Strange, the movie, and it was part one, by the way. I'm watching Doctor Strange, and it's full. We went on one of the first nights, and I'm in a big theater with Kay. People are sitting right beside me, which isn't always, you know, I would like a little room. But every seat is full. It's a long row. In the middle of the row is a young man. He's tall, lanky. He gets up at the... We, we've been watching 15 minutes. You know Marvel movies, they're long. We've been watching 15 minutes. He gets up in the middle of the movie and he, he starts walking. And he's not doing well. And I'm, I'm on the end. I, I'm kind of an end-of-the-row guy. And I'm on the end, and I'm on the last seat, and I I look, and just as he gets to K, and remember, we've got our feet up. You know, love a good theater with, you know, movable seats. We've got our feet up. When he gets to K, he begins to faint, and he begins to fall. We put our seats down quickly, but I couldn't catch him. And because he's so tall, he literally falls over into the aisle in a fetal position Andy's out. He's out. I immediately spring into action. I get up. I, I go over to him. I said, are you okay? He's not answering me. All of a sudden, a doctor who was watching this comes down and says, I'm a doctor. Great. And so we're talking to him. Someone, uh, phones lit up. They're calling 911. A manager walks in. He goes, we saw it on The TV camera. And I said, well, I think we need to stop the movie. Now listen to this. He said, it's the policy at the theater. Once the movie begins, we don't stop it for anything. By the way, isn't that the world we live in? And that's the problem with the world we live in. We don't stop for anything because we care more about a Marvel movie than we care about a young man that has passed out in the row. He came too. The paramedics came. And we were able to help him get to where he needed to be. And the manager, as I walked out, the manager said, I really appreciate everything that you've done. And I said, it was my duty. It was what I needed to do. Can I ask you, when was the last time you served unexpectedly? And you knew that you needed to give. You knew that you needed to act like Jesus. That's why I want to give you this this truth. Divine transformation starts with our attitude, but it becomes visible in our actions. When was the last time we went out of our way? I missed the Marvel movie. I looked back at Kay. I said, do you have any idea what's going on? She goes, no, I was praying for you. I was thinking about you. And we didn't know what was going on. And so we got back into a movie I didn't understand. But by the way, do you know what I was thinking about? Do you know who I was praying for? I cared about the young man. I don't even know what happened to him. But I know this, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is calling us to serve. And if we're not willing to serve, other people can't see Jesus. Which leads to the last part of our story. In Luke 10, 36 through 37, this is how the story ends. Now remember, we're done with the parable, but Jesus looks at the young expert in the law and he has another question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Can you hear that? Oh man, Jesus said, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Here's the third bold decision. Serving results in adoption. Serving results in adoption. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, where does that come from? Very simply, Jesus looks at the young man and he says, okay. He says, answer the question. You you wanted to know a few minutes ago and who is my neighbor? Remember that? Now he says, answer the question. Who is your neighbor? I've told you a great story. It shocked you. In fact, Jesus may have been a little bit uh, uh, pleasantly, uh, even though he is God, he knew he was going to stay, but he's pleasantly surprised. The man stays there and listens. And he goes, now it's up to you. What do you think? And he says, the one that had mercy on him. What does that mean? The one who literally had compassion on him now that's the Samaritan there's no question but then Jesus does this he says go and do likewise the word go means to pursue go pursue God how do we pursue God oftentimes some of the greatest pursuits of God is in how we serve transformation in us happens when we serve others in the name of Jesus not in in our own self, for our own glory. If you're serving for what other people are gonna say to you, if you want everybody to notice what you've done, if you need the accolades, you're not serving in the name of Jesus. It's about serving. It's about giving to God. This isn't about, uh, I, I want to uh, always get some type of uh, a payback or a, a, a that a boy or great job or a big hug. This is about serving because I know that Jesus died for me and transformed my life. You got to serve. And then Jesus says, go and do likewise. Now, The word go, pursue, but the word that we use in the Greek for likewise means this, do equally the same. That's mind-blowing to this kid, to this young man. Do equally the same that the Samaritan did. Can you imagine if the story is reversed? The young man is walking down the road, and he sees a Samaritan? Are you gonna go help that person? Regardless of what everybody else tells you is not acceptable. I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, we need to understand that we have to adopt what Jesus is saying, go and do likewise. When When I use the word adoption here to describe the third bold decision, immediately I thought of the incredible people who foster care children and adopt children, they're amazing. I've had the privilege of pastoring them, knowing them. Uh, Kay and I even took a child into our home uh, for a few months at one juncture in our life. And I want you to know this, that when you adopt a child, you're, you're literally saying, I know this child feels like an outsider, but I'm going to bring them inside, and I'm going to help them experience love and transformation Not because any of us deserve it, but because all of us need it. When was the last time you adopted the attitude of service? Pastor Tony Evans said this, churches must extend their influence beyond the lives of church members to impact the broader community that they serve. Think about Romans chapter eight, verses fourteen through fifteen. In Romans eight fourteen through fifteen, uh, Paul wrote this: For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption as sonship. Can I add daughtership there too? And by him we cry, Abba, Father. This is the reason that we believe at Bridgewater Church our mission is essential. Be transformed. Seek, share, and serve. In fact, to end the message today, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I realized last week I asked you to share. Don't forget that. You're finding someone, maybe two or three people to join you at home in your living room or you're inviting them to a watch party on father's day very special message to guys and we want you to share your story but today i'm adding something to it today i'm asking you to do this i use your own name i drew will serve by helping or giving put it uh what it is that you want to give or share I will serve by helping or giving blank to who is that person and then put the date on it. I want you to take that card and I want you to give it. It could be cookies to your neighbor. But remember, those aren't just cookies. You're going to go give your cookies to your neighbor and say, God has done so much for me. I just wanted to share my cookies. Maybe you're going to do what one of our young couples did in our life group last week. They watched two of their babies, their their two children, and gave them a night out. I, put your name in, will help by serving or giving babysitting to and give the date. Maybe it's helping somebody move. Maybe it's feeding the homeless. I don't know where you're going to serve. It might be in a moment when someone asks for bus money and you think, why would I give somebody bus money or food money? All I'm asking you to do is this, this week, intentionally, one time at least, make the decision with the right attitude to have the right action and adopt someone in the moment to serve in the name of Jesus. Because that's what God has called us to do. And we are the ones that are blessed when we do it. Can I pray for you? All right, get your hands out, ready? God, we haven't put our hands out in a few weeks. But they're empty so that we can be filled with your blessings to go and do likewise, to serve, to give, to love. God, help us to change our attitudes to the attitude of Christ. Help us to put our uh, feet to the ground, rubber to the road, and act in a way that we can accommodate, we can care, we can tend, we can bless those that need a blessing that we have to share. And God, help us to serve with an attitude of adoption. Whether it's a moment or a lifetime, Help us to go and do likewise. Father, right now, put someone on our hearts and minds that we can love by giving and serving as you have served us, Jesus. We love you, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much, you're amazing. I can't wait to hear. Please, let Pastor Liz know, who are you sharing with? Who are you serving? Come back in next week. Message us, Facebook us. Tell us how you're serving and God is changing the world because he's changing your world. I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Until then, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our E family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world. for Jesus Christ.